Coming into the end of the quarter, folks, who would have thought we'd be up here? Good January, bad February, battling back in March. Is it just window dressing, or are we on to something bigger? Not too much to talk about with earnings. RH in the red a little bit. We'll talk about that. Downgrade by uh, Morgan Stanley at Schwab. We'll see what impact that has on the issue. And Mark Chaikin, bullish Mark Chaikin, is coming on at 8.15. And he's got some interesting stocks to discuss. This is pre-market prep. Let's get ready to roll. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. We got some major green on the screen. S&P's up 22 and three quarters handles, 40, 80 and a quarter. Uh, that is higher than the high we made on the pile day. So, uh, wow, we made it all the way back here, coming in the end of the quarter. Uh, the bucks a little weak, still above 102, down 19 cents at 102.10. Bonds flat here, losing some steam, flat at 129 and 26, 30 seconds. Crude finding a home in the 70, 70 handle, but uh, we got three highs ganging up at 74. Gold keeping a bid up here near 2K up 230, 1986.80. Silver's having the big day, trying to get in the 24 handle, trading at the highs of the session, 23.99 and a half. That's up 52 cents. And Bitcoin working its way towards 30K. That's up $410 and 28 thousand eight hundred and fifty uh triple d the the old days when uh during the bull market uh you know strong close you come in the futures are up overnight i mean it's they're just, ramping uh, them up into the end yeah. of the quarter you called this joel you were saying it yesterday coming into the end of the quarter the end of the quarter ramp is what you're seeing happen here this is seasonality at play big time here so, yeah, well, I mean, it was a good call by you yesterday. You were talking about this end of the quarter coming. And I was like, you know, wait for Friday. And I'm like, I've started thinking it too. I mean, yeah, you know, they're ramping it into the end of the quarter here. So here is, is it two days early? I mean, it's hard to chase it now. You're up 60, 70 points. I wish we would have thought of it like three days ago. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's what you're seeing happen. This is the end of the quarter ramp. And the also the other big thing that, you know, is – not happened here is we've had the banks calm down the regional banks aren't falling any further we aren't seeing frc take out the lows here it held the lows so far so i mean that's putting calm into the market so the absence of bad news from the banks is good news for this market so all this market needs really to go higher here is no more bad news i still believe bad news is coming which is why i stay with a lot of cash but right now you can't argue with the tape the absence of bad news is good for the market yeah, so uh, let's, uh, well, we only got one earnings to cover here, and uh, RH, so let's cover a retailer, not like the other retailers here. Mitch, uh, tell us about the numbers, taking off that 240 support. 
All right, let's get into RHQ4 EPS, $2.88, missing the $3.34 estimate. Sales at $772.5 million, missed the $779.75 million estimate. They do see 23 revenues to $2.9 billion to $3.1 billion on the high end versus a $3.6 billion estimate. So missing there on the revenue outlook, missing on EPS, and missing on sales. Yeah, they got the slacking. Yeah, so no good. The quarter was no good. The Micron quarter was no good either, and they just couldn't stop buying that yesterday. So I'd be cautious just automatically shorting something because I had bad earnings here right now because this is the silver lining market. They're like, well, maybe this is the dumpster fire quarter and it's going to turn it around. You've got a level here. If you go back to June, it was two. Actually, go back to way back. We got to go go back to July, and we did get down to two oh seven in our age. So that's a long ways away. But I just go more recently than that. Yeah, just these recent lows here, two thirty seven, two thirty six, two thirty five. That's where you got to get back up over. So I would say I don't want to like come here and try to like, say okay, we're turning around here today. But if you can start, you know, climbing back up and get up over that two thirty five. You could actually turn this around on bad earnings. So I'd be very cautious in this market here. N normally, I would say never, you know, on bad earnings, the stock's down 15, I'm not buying it. But right now, there's just so many money managers that are like sitting with too much cash and they're looking for dips to buy. And that's what you're seeing happen here. I mean, it was ridiculous that they bought the Micron as hard as they did because that quarter sucked. Um, and, you know, like to Kramer's point, none of these other quarters were fantastic. That Lululemon wasn't a $50 quarter. PBH wasn't a 30% quarter, but this is what we're dealing with here right now. This market is looking for any excuse to buy. They're thinking the pivot's coming and these earnings are eventually going to get better. So it wouldn't surprise me if you turn, if, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's going to go green because it's really a bad quarter and I don't like buying things but like on bad quarters. But if this can get up over 235, reclaim the lows of the year, then it gets a little more interesting. Um, I'll take a little different approach in this one, uh, because uh, not not much different. Um, Pre-market low two twenty seven ninety nine. Uh, that eclipses the October low. The October well, no, that October low was right there at two twenty seven. Uh, so to me, I mean, I definitely would not be shortening this in whole, but I would not be surprised. A couple other lows at two thirty here. To me, that just kind of looks like a potential buy zone. You know, maybe you have a nice short coming out. What's your buy zone? Give us those levels again. 227 to 230. Yeah. Because you're you're coming into these lows. Uh, you know, if I had to make a, a trade at those areas, it would be trying to buy at that area as opposed to like selling and looking for more. Um, and then obviously the resistance is way up there at 240. I don't know if we'll get there today, but this is a thin one. It's down on 60,000 shares. So let's see if, if buyers emerge. It can change. Things yeah. can change and stuff like this. So just caution if you're short. Yeah. I'd actually, if I was short, I'd probably be covering it here this morning just because this market is just dangerous right now to shorts. It's not a bad um, day to have uh, bad earnings. No, not at all. That's true, too. It's not been a bad day to have bad earnings here at all. None of these earnings were that great. But this is the market we're in. Right now, all the market cares about, the overall market cares that there's no more bank failures. Hey, you know what happened in the last two weeks? No more bank failures. Hey, you know what's yeah. happened in the last couple of weeks? The market's starting to try to turn it around here. Because, one, they think that they can have their cake and eat it, too, here. Because they think, hey, you know, well, the banking crisis was going to make the Fed pivot sooner. And now there's no banking crisis and the Fed's still pivoting sooner. 
It's kind of what the this market's is, thinking right now. Yeah, this is kind this of is what I was talking is, about. Folks. This is what I was talking about last week, but wasn't able to play it because of the bank concerns, right? And this is why I was trying to just push it to the side. And I, I just started really just getting a little bit too scared, I think, about the noise that was out there in the banks. Because, I mean, we've missed this move. It's a pretty good move here oh, yeah. in tech. I mean, For sure. And, and definitely could have been making – we all saw it start to happen but did we actually jump on on it full full ride, right? I think that some of us maybe been playing this on the day trading action, but this has also been a big move in the bigger stocks. I mean, Apple's pushing stronger oh, yeah. and stronger. It looks like a breakout. I've talked they're about going it. for their their full on pivot mode. They're full and, on that the interest rates and again, so we have to analyze there. Like I said, there is a bull case here. The bull case is we don't get any more bank failures. Inflation gets in check, and the pivot actually happens sooner. So uh, the bull case is there. So another another big part is that I've been pointing to is that I know that a lot of people don't don't look at this technically, but I I, I talked about it the throwback look off of the channel, and and we've we've bounced right off of that channel and off the three nineties right back up there towards now the resistance on the trend line, which if we get to four ten four twenty. Especially that 420, it's a new bull market. And I think that that's what it gets really difficult here for investors to think about. Because do you just go like in right now and invest? Because the market could be taken off in the next couple of months. Or there could be more bank concerns around the corner. That's where it's just too hard right now to determine what's going to happen. At least I've just been thinking that. Well, if there's bank, more bank concerns, the Fed just steps in there and saves it anyways. So is there really a concern here for the banks? I, I think there still is. I think there's a lot of unknowns. I continue to stay with a lot of cash. And you know what? 5.2% to wait. So if the market continues to blast off without me, well, that sucks. But I still, until I can quantify the risk, and there'll be a moment. So don't kid yourself here. We are, have been in the choppiest trading environment. I mean, we can go and look till a month and a half ago, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, we're 415 here on the S&P. We're breaking out. We got the golden cross. We've got to buy stocks now. Look what happened if you did that in January. Look what happened to you. You got crushed. If you were bullish at the end of January, you got absolutely crushed. So now we've come back, and the bulls are tooting their horns here again. But what have we really done? We've really gone nowhere it's been a chop fest if you're just buy and hold you know from january you're actually still down right now but if you're trading that's a completely different story i had one of my best trading months here in over a year so you'll see that I'll, I'll post the numbers here in a couple of days here but it's just because there's been good volatility opportunities here buying dips shorting reps playing chop the contrarian trader is still winning Say that to yourself. The contrarian trader is still winning. What does that mean? It means fading moves has still been the play. Chop, 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 chop. We were talking about, you know, going into next quarter. What do we predict? Probably more chop. Chasing moves has been the recipe to lose money. So if you're bullish, that's okay to be bullish right now. I don't think you can be buying when we just rallied 70 handles in 24 hours. I think you got to wait now for a pullback, the inevitable pullback, which we will get again. So, I mean, there's opportunities here. And as traders, I think you're just fading everything still. 
I mean, this this rally is just more, like you said, it's just the absence of bad news. The absence right? of bad news is climbing the wall of worry. The absence of bad news here, Joel. It's all textbook stuff. And yeah, you know, I look at FRC and I think, you know, there's more bad news eventually coming. But you know what? The stock's holding up. We haven't seen any more bad news here for a couple of weeks. The market's starting to forget about it. If the market forgets about it, that's good news because bank runs are just about fear. So if the market can, you know, continue to stabilize, we can start to forget about these things, then, you know, we could continue to climb. But I'm going to say, if you're bullish and you're rah, rah, we're going all-time highs, I believe very wholeheartedly that you're going to get another dip to buy. Of course. I don't yeah, think we're going to rally 80 points and then rally another 80 handles. Maybe I'm wrong. And maybe we're just going to go straight up and by this time next month, we're at all-time highs. The probability of that is almost zero, though, that we're just going to go straight up in a line. Look at what the chart. Let's show the chart for the last year. What is full on this chart? Lots of red candles and lots of green candles. Lots of red and lots of green. What does that mean? It means it's easier for contrarians than it is for momentum traders. So just know your trading environment. And it's okay to be wrong. Just identify and you know, and then you're getting opportunities to get out of those wrong trades as well. Because if you chop around and you're like trending higher, you're probably going to get another dip to maybe cover some of those shorts into. But covering shorts into the rip has been the wrong play. All right. We got uh, Mark in the background here. Yes, we do. I just wanted to see if you had any last comments. But let's go ahead. Let's get it started. Let's find out what Mark Chaikin thinks underneath the hood. All right, Mark. Yes, yes. Good coffee too, man. No worries. Let's get Mud. to the action. Let's take a look. What's going underneath the hood right now, Mark? Are we on the brink of a new bull market or should we be worried about more bank concerns? Well, you know, I've been in the bullish by the dip camp since January 17th. By the way, that's not coffee. That's magic mushrooms from oh. California. There you go. No a little micro no dose. No a little micro dose on there. It tastes like holy hell, but it, it gives you a little. <laughs> is joke. that that mud it stuff? Does help you to focus? The, what does that do for you, Mark? Tell me. Yeah, what, that what does it do for you? It gives you, you the, the jolt of caffeine without caffeine because the mushrooms. Oh, um, nice. And, so and they they donate they donate 10 of their profits to the uh, psychotropic research institute. <laughs> Like, so oh, we, we used to say bacon with chicken, and now now, we just, <laughs> <laughs> now what are we gonna do? I don't know. Um, we'll it out. with chicken, man. Let's <laughs> Shroomin go. with chicken doesn't really no, rhyme. Doesn't really rhyme. But Mark, <laughs> come on, I you know we got we give you you know hard time, and yet you dug in here. Uh, you did the thirty nine fifty, then the thirty eight fifty on us, but that's okay. The thirty eight fifty held. You you were sticking to your guns. Um, on the bullish side, you were pounding the table. You said you got to get in there. Uh, well, pretty good rally uh, heading into the quarter. Uh, let's talk general market. And I know you got some interesting stocks to talk about, but yep. what do you do here? You got the nice bounce off 38.50. You, what, you have CPI later in the month. You got earning later next month. You got um, earnings season coming up. Is it, is it time for a little pause here? Or are the bulls just going to read, you know, just get us over 4,100 and Take us up to the highs for the year. Well, uh, no, we're not, you know, the highs for the year, yeah, it's possible 4,200. But 
let's do it in progression. We had the um, breakaway momentum signal on January uh, 13th. The market was at 4,000. We're trading 1% higher. That's good. We're up on the year. And then we got some follow-through signals, and the power gate trading has now turned bearish on the SPY. So really? we've got the QQQs, the SPY, the Russell 3, all with bullish power gauge ratings. And the pattern that's now reinforced and cropping up is you haven't broken the December low. So uh, that chart's been going around the Internet. But 27 times since uh, 1950, you haven't broken the October, this uh, December low by uh, the end of the first quarter. And you only had two losses out of 27. And that was 2011 and 2015, where your your loss for the rest of the year was less than 1%. The average gain has been 18% in that scenario. So we're setting up for a good year. But uh, And by the way, if you had bought the dip in NVIDIA or AMD uh, on the bank bust, NVIDIA You're dropped 8%. Right it's up 24% from that low. <laughs> It, and, and this is what I've been you know, talking about, too. Are we entering this environment where tech just wins? Because if we get more bank failures, and I've talked about the relative outperformance that I believe is going to happen in tech. So I think if we get more bank failures, obviously, IWM is going to take it on the chin, smaller companies, you know, credit tightening. But, but, but during, in that environment, tech probably outperforms. And if we don't get more bank failures, does tech still outperform? You know, that's my question is, does tech outperform IWM no matter what here. Well, that leads me into what, uh, what I really wanted to talk about. And I mentioned to Joel, uh, there's an interesting phenomenon going on. I'm looking at former high flyers, the cream of the uh, lockdown boom, if you will. And guess what? Five of them now have bullish power gauge ratings. Airbnb, Zoom, wow. DocuSign, yeah. Roku, and Pinterest. And this is like look, a Kathy portfolio. Name. I know. Exactly. These are the, these are the exactly. fallen angels, and they've formed these saucer bottoms over the last 9, 12 months, and now they're starting to lead the market. So uh, I, I'm zeroing in on any of them, but Pinterest is interesting because Goldman recommended it about a week and a half ago, said the stock could more than double, and then UBS followed up about three days later with a buy recommendation. So you're getting that virtuous uh, syndrome in a lot of these stocks where uh, analysts are starting to raise their estimates and up their ratings. And these companies now have earnings and they have sequential year over year projected earnings growth. So if you look at um, DocuSign, you look at Pinterest, you look mm -hmm. at Airbnb, the fundamentals are starting to kick in and the valuations are so much lower than they were. That's a good point. So, I, the, you know, rather, again, I, I know we love to debate the market, but there are always pockets of opportunity. But mm -hmm. I think I've spotted this trend very early on because I'm not seeing a lot of people talking about it, except the individual brokerage firms when they recommend the name. Mark, you're very early on here because Airbnb has pulled back from the high substantially. And in late February, we had 144 here. We're 118 today, 119 in the pre-market here. So you're substantially off of the highs. And if you look at these other stocks, it's the same story here. We're still substantially off the highs. So you are getting some of these at a discount. I kind of like this setup here to a certain extent because, again, I was talking about a tech outperformance. Even the smaller stuff might be having outperformance yep. here too. So Zoom yep. has been you know, beat up pretty hard here. So you're not exactly... Um, you know, but but they're starting to show life. Like they bottomed, you know, a, a couple of weeks ago, and they're starting to all show some life. All those stocks I just mentioned, 
DocuSign, and maybe you can just sort of show the charts here, Joel. Zoom. I got them. Yeah, because we're just seeing Mark here. So just as I go yep. through. So give us the list here again, Mark. We'll just go so through it's Air these. Airbnb, yep. DocuSign, yep. Pinterest. I'm going to uh, uh, Roku, but Roku is the one where I just don't have a good handle on the fundamentals and um, DocuSign. But Roku is stabilized too. Yeah, Roku it is has... having a morning here too. I don't know if there's news on Roku because oh, it's I up two, two bucks here. There must be something. Yeah, on. I mean, everybody has been... Uh, denigrating the uh, streaming services because of the competition and uh, it, it's become cutthroat with Disney, Paramount and Netflix and Roku trying to gain a foothold on Hulu. But uh, I just think that you've got to go a little bit off the beaten track and not, you know, try and trade the Apples uh, or the Microsofts of the world. This is where you can double your money or if you're, you're buying a a long dated call option on some of these names, you could really just sit with them. And, you know, I, if I was buying these and I really believe there was a bull market and later in the year, I'd buy January 24 expiries on, way out. Uh, you know, one, one strike price out of the money. And uh, it's a low risk bet because time premium is not going to decay on you very quickly. I kind of like it. On all almost right, all of these names. Just to add on that Roku, yes, there's a layoff today, uh, approximately 6% of its workforce. Um, so they are announcing a restructuring there for some employees, giving them Here, a nice Here's lift. where we are in this, you know, we're like in this whole, we're so concerned about the bottom line, layoffs equal stock rallies. It never used to be like this, Mark, you know this as well. You've been around <laughs> the markets a long time, but now we've went into this silver lining market. If you're laying people off, those stocks are rallying. I joke that, you know, Meta keeps doing layoffs. Eventually, they're going to have zero employees and, you know, uh, and, and and be the most valuable company in the world. <laughs> yeah. AI. Well, it just shows you that these guys overhired. Uh, there was a lot of fat. And so in the case of Pinterest, they have a new CEO. He's cutting costs. And Pinterest, I remember when, when the stock was being touted uh, on the way up to 90 or 100, even on the way down, as having a great commercial model, they I think they've tied in Shopify with the um, you know the the uh, sort of pictures that people post, and it's it's really a shopping site in the guise of a social media site. Someone once called it the kind general Facebook, and that goes back two years. And of course, the stock just got hammered. But if if a company has a really strong business model, and apparently Airbnb has weathered you know the COVID crisis and has come out the other side these are interesting names here and and you don't have to pay up like you do in my favorite stock for the year amd yeah uh interestingly on amd um larry williams had a pattern that he talked about in a long podcast where amd tends to rally from uh april to october on a cyclical basis so you may have some tailwinds in AMD, but I, I don't want to reach for it. It did pull back about six or seven percent last week. It's hard to chase in this market. That's the one thing you should you should never chase. I mean, uh, who do you know who's a good momentum breakout buyer? Not in this market. That no. worked in 2020 really well, but it hasn't oh, yeah. worked in 2021, and it's no. not working in 2022 either. Well, that's the point. You don't have to look for momentum breakouts because so many stocks have been outperforming the market like the five we're looking at and the semis it, that you need momentum breakouts in markets where everything has been pounded down. And now you want to catch them as they're moving into a, an accumulation phase. But if you've got a, a group of stocks and they're not defensive and they've been outperforming the market 
as the market is making its sort of congestion low, then you just buy them on dips. You're not looking for breakouts. So that's that's perfectly in line with what you're talking about, Dennis. Really, right, that we agree this much, folks. I know. I was letting you guys go buddy, the, buddy here. Yeah, I'm letting you guys get together for some coffee or something. Well, I, buddy, I put, buddy. I, I put my Joe Tacopina hat on so I could make a very convincing court case here. I, I could see it. I could see it. You definitely uh, got got it quiet there. Um, do we know? Do we know who Joe Tacopina is on the show? I I, I don't. I don't. Oh come on! What He's, Joel doesn't know? What? I'm on. surprised. I'm stunned. He is uh, representing Trump in the Stormy Daniels case in New York, and he's been on TV all the time, uh, not making a great impression. Joe Tacopina had the locker next to my son in prep school. It's a small world. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, All right. We're coming up on uh, some numbers here, Mark. So mm -hmm. we're going to let you go. We got a little bit of a leak. Thanks, Mark. Well, yeah, it was fun. To, thank you. Talk, yeah. Everyone will it's fun get, for along get on the same page. Here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, now I'm worried. Yeah, uh, exactly. All right, Mark. We'll talk to you in a Be couple good. of weeks. Good one, man. Take care. All right. Uh, all right. You guys what, heard Mark what do we got? What the about the power gauge. Definitely check out the power gauge for yourself. Chicken analytics. Let's bring them up here. I'm going to bring up my screen here. We'll go to the Benzinga Pro and do it this way, right? Simple as this, going to the calendar. Let's go to the economics here. I'm going to zoom in a little bit because GDP. Because you know, I can't I know see that anything. A lot of people can't read, you know. I know. No, I can't. I, I, I got to zoom in like big time. I know. We, we need the glasses. It's okay. Yeah. I need glasses too, man. Don't worry. GDP. All right. So we get a lot of numbers coming in here, right? We're going to get continuous jobless claims. We're going to get initial jobless claims. We're going to get GDP quarter over quarter. I think the most important thing that I'm looking at is GDP. I know some people will be looking at the initial jobless claims, but hey, to each his own, right? There's a lot of numbers coming in here. It's not just these numbers. You also get corporate profits that could make a, a change there. Uh, let's go initial jobless claims, 196,000. Prior was 191,000. Um, yeah. When we look at the GDP price index quarter over quarter, 3.9. I'm looking at the quarter over quarter number just regularly. That's going to be 2.7 prior. Consensus is 2.7 this time. What do we see? Do we see a strong GDP? Do we see a weak GDP? And how will that affect? Is bad news still bad news? Or has good news turned into good news, team? That's one thing that we'll question too, right? I mean, depths get bought. We're just in this market right now. Yeah, and we keem, Five we seconds. seem to be climbing the wall of worry. I think it's very here? important to kind of watch what happens right now because if we could just rip, you know, well then, you know, the FOMO is really going to be uh, rampant today. If we come back down below four hundred, that's where I think you know you it's get more be questions. Tough, man, if you're buying, if you're buying the dip on this one, I ugh, boy oh boy, I mean, we just had such a big move over the last uh, last couple of days here, but uh, we're bouncing around pretty good here. I. Uh, it looks like uh, it looks like we're really not moving yet here. A little up, a little down. We went to forty eighty. We didn't take out the pre market high eighty three fifty. Uh, really, the relevant number I had here was seventy three seventy five, but um, that was last week's high. That was the the Powell high, and we all know what happened after that. Um, still twenty handles above the close. It just doesn't seem like. Uh, this means much to the market when you have uh, failing banks, interest rates, so whatnot. Bulls are right now defending it. I mean, I'm hardly seeing any tickers move um, in the stocks. It's been very few 
uh, Prince going here. So I think uh, Triple D will come back and uh, give us that appraisal. Pretty big bar there on it, a four-handle bar. We'll see if he can get back over 40.80 and 40.76. Just, uh, just nothing All there. All right. Numbers nothing coming muffin. in here, putting it up right now. GDP 2.6 versus 2.7 estimates, so a little weaker on there. When I look at initial jobless claims, I see 198,000 versus 196 estimate so a little bit higher a little bit hot but at least getting up higher than the prior prior was 191 we're up towards 198 Nothing, uh, core pce prices at q4 4.4 percent versus 4.3 estimate was 4.7 we'll see if anything else starts getting moved but right off the back i feel like the algos didn't jump as early as i normally see you know were normally they late I see on that, that number were they late they, Sometimes I could see them are. being a little late there a little bit. <laughs> yeah, because I was like 830. I'm analyzing the price action. Yeah. And then, yeah, they were late on that. So <laughs> Normally, we see that, that wide action right before. I didn't see that wide action. I know Dennis was probably watching the, the bid in the offer there. Yeah. Did it, did it, how, how spread do you, did you see the spy? We went about 40 cents on spy. 40? Yeah. Four points okay. wide. Yeah, we went about four points wide. It wasn't as crazy. And again, these numbers are close enough to in line that they're just going to equal more chop. So once we get definitively hot numbers, like if you're like hot or not hot, that's going to have a directional move. But when you have line numbers, GDP 2.6 versus 2.7, you know, and look at it, 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 it's just too, it's just too tight. So I think, you know, it's just, it's just going to equal more chop. There's just not definitively hot. Yeah, the jobless yeah. claims up one ninety eight thousand versus not much. Not much change there. there there's not much there. You know, and, and looking at the inflation, yeah. So there's just not well, much here. Let's keep looking into the market. There's other news to talk about. Um, I do have another earnings stock that reported right before we came on, and let's let's talk about EVGo. Mm, charging station stock, right? Uh, smaller name here, Q4 EPS at a loss of $0.06, cents beat the loss of $0.16 cent estimate. Sales of $27.3 million beat the $21.82 million estimate. EVGO expects fiscal year 23 revenue to $105 million to $150 million. That's interesting because you just saw, right, what their sales were this quarter, $27 million. They expect for the fiscal year 150 million on the high end. It's going to be interesting if they could get up to that number. Uh, EVGo, of course, is a charging station uh, stock. I actually have the, a charging station just down the street that is an EVGo. Um, what do you guys think about this? Um, I think you're just into, and I, I like the move in Rivian yesterday. So let's take it to you know some bigger names that are traded a little bit more widely. Um, I mean, EVGo is an important is an important stock. A lot of retail watches this one. It's pretty small though, and, it, and it's not you know it's not one that's on my list. I don't even have it in my universe. I don't think so. It's pretty small. Rivian is obviously one of the main stocks you know that people look at when they're thinking. So I'm just what Maybe I'm trying Charge to do Point? is what I, yeah I would have stock. Charge Point. I would have Charge Point over EVGo. That's 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 like the stock that's I would say like very similar charging yeah. station to charging but station. But just take, right? so I want to step back and I'm just trying to look and trying to draw a picture. How I kind of go is always still top down. So I'm not so concerned okay. with the earnings. I'm like, what does this environment look like here right now? So I like the move in Rivian yesterday. I like the what Mark Shaken's talking. Some of the little tech darlings here haven't really participated. Like the tech darlings of 2020 yesteryear or 2021 yesteryear haven't really participated here in this recent rally. Maybe there's a catch-up trade here. 
So um, EVGO is obviously already popping here, so you maybe missed that one. But maybe you think about a charge point here. Maybe you do come in here because you know what? You're sitting near the lows, not investing in this stuff because some of these companies are, well, most of these companies are zombie companies. They're not making money, not cash flow positive. Um, I don't know if EVGO is. I don't follow the company close enough, but a lot of them are not. But I do think that there is a play here, maybe a short window in the next couple of days even, where some of these beaten down, especially into the end of the quarter, some of these beaten down little names, zombie companies that could have some life here. So I think, you know, and, and not that Airbnb is a zombie company, but it's been beat up here too. So I kind of like these Kathy stocks here for the next couple of days. I think Kathy's got room to that double top in the next couple of days, 40, 51, 40, 50, another two, 3% up here from here. I kind of like these names right now. So I think I'd actually, I, I don't trade the leader ever. I've never made much money trying to trade the leader unless I'm just having some fun. For the most part, I usually try to trade the laggards though. Charge point, maybe charge points a play here today. EVGO, I uh, spotted a pair of double, uh, a pair of highs at the 657, 658 level. Looks like that's where you're heading. Above that, things open up to seven. Uh, charge point, it's just a sleepy chart. I mean, that's the only way you can look at it. Uh, found good support at nine, now trying to clear the $10 level. So it uh, looks like that, you know, you're risking that you risk down to nine here. Seems to support uh, moving up the Rivian chart. Looks uh looks a little bit sleepy too. It's just sometimes these moves are just you know lack of sellers. You know, just like everyone's out after the bad quarter. But uh, that looks like a, a move, exhaustion. A, yeah, a, a move above fourteen here. Uh, that was uh the area of several highs. So you caught a bid. You're trading up another twenty one cents and uh some support down to fourteen if it comes back. But uh, not. I mean. It, these stocks definitely have not left the station. So if you want to, if you want to hop on them, then I, I, there's a fine that's, risk. That's the best time to buy stocks. People, this is what they all do wrong. And I talk about, you know, this trader back in the bright trading office. Um, you know, when I first started in March of 1999 and chased everything sitting right beside me and literally something would start moving, chasing it. Something would start moving, chasing it. And I just watched him slowly just burn his account away. Just chasing, chasing. Oh, this is moving. I got to get in this. And then it would stop and pull back. And then he'd stop out. And then he'd go in the next one and chasing, chasing, chasing. What I learned from, you know, just his experiences, because I was still learning. I was a 23-year-old kid back in 1999. What I learned was you jump on the trades before they leave the station. Because when they're running down the tracks, you have no idea when they're going to stop. But when they're just sitting at the station, that's when you strike. And if you, it goes the other direction, you get out quickly. Because then you're wrong. You chose the wrong direction. But if it starts moving your direction, the momentum is just getting kickstarted. That's how you become a turn trader. That's how you identify these different things. I mean, charge point, yeah, it left the station a little bit yesterday, but it's 9.50. We're down from like 13 and a half. Haven't really left the station here yet. The EVGO was sitting here. Now the earnings give you a catalyst in that direction. Watch it. It's your leader. But Fisker, another one, beat up here. Hasn't really left the station here yet. Not saying I'm investing in these companies. None of them. None of them are touching my long-term portfolio. But as trades here today, some of these are interesting. And it wouldn't surprise me if you get a lift for a couple of days. So talking to the day traders out there, right now, their bull is in control here. I don't see that getting derailed imminently. It can. You know, we get a bank failure overnight. Everything gets derailed. But until that happens, like the bulls are in a little bit of control here too. So I think I like the pullbacks. And I like the Airbnb that Mark was talking about as well. 
All right, so we're going to go ahead. I'm going to take us to the top rating changes of the day, and we'll talk a little bit about those rating changes. And, of course, Dennis, you can tell us. Has it left the station or is it still at the station, sure. right? We can also take a look at it that way. Let's get into these top rating changes of the day. Of course, there's more than just the ones we'll mention. We're just going to mention some that caught our attention today. First one is going to be on Apple with a maintain. Need him uh, reiterating buy. Maintains 170 price target. I've been talking about the big boys. They've, they don't look like they're in a bear market as of late. But Apple, what do you guys think on this one? It continues to go. I mean, again, tech is a hiding place. They think tech wins no matter what. I do believe tech outperforms. I think tech outperforms in a banking crisis. I think tech could continue to outperform. We don't get a banking crisis. The only way tech actually starts to underperform again is if inflation starts to really rip higher. And that Mm -hmm. would be your sign. If we get a hot CPI number, that'll derail the entire tech trade. So, um, But we don't get CPI here for another two weeks. So there's a window here where tech could continue to outperform. Not much on the dailies. Uh, we've been up here before, 61.55. You're opening right into that level. That would be your five-day high. The recent high of the move, 162.14. So that's a couple targets uh, there on the upside. Your next monthly high uh, doesn't come in until 164 and a quarter. Uh, coming back on the downside here, uh, boy, one maybe maybe some support at the close. I think for Apple though, that you want to see over the next couple of days is, uh, and it started yesterday with that one fifty nine thirty five low, but make that psychological one sixty, get that to be support, and then if you can, uh, you know, manage a couple lows like you did here at the one fifty five area then you would springboard. But uh, opening into your five-day high, recent high of the move, 62.14. I, I mean, this is an upgrade. It's kind of like, I wish you would have like done it like a while ago. You know, it's, uh, it's not an yeah. upgrade. No, or it's a maintain. We just maintain, yeah. yeah. We started with this one. This is really a nothing burger rating. Yeah, okay. When you get these maintained, so let's just do a quick rating lesson for everyone here. When you have these, you know, coming out with reiterations, I rarely look at those. I rarely, as a trader, and I tra- I've traded upgrades and downgrades for 20 years. Like I've kind of, you know, not that I've mastered it. Nobody has mastered anything, but I'm very seasoned in trading ratings. I completely usually ignore the reiterations unless it's on a smaller name. Smaller name can have an influence. A reiteration on an Apple is almost zero influence. And if we look at what it's trading this morning, it's having absolutely zero influence. The stock is up 0.36%. The Qs are up 0.75. It's actually underperforming by 0.4% here this morning. Apple's underperforming a little bit because Microsoft is ripping here again. XLK, one thing to consider in this market, again, back to relationships, is XLK is heavily traded vehicle. It's heavy Microsoft and Apple. When Microsoft is outperforming, they usually make up for it by having Apple underperform a little bit. There's a little bit of index arbitrage talk for you. But just understand that ratings reiterations really don't mean much. Yeah, and I think you had a good opportunity on that 157 pullback. I know that not a lot of people like to buy breakouts, but that was a nice opportunity uh, just recently. And the only way you'd go after that is if you didn't care about the banks. But Apple, nice little move back up here. The reason I mentioned it, I feel like, is 
necessarily when I see those reiterations, I look to see if the stock is already on breakout and if the analyst is pretty much chasing the price action, just kind of like, oh, look at me again. Remember, I've been putting this one at 170 as it's getting there. Uh, let's keep going. Let's go to Wells Fargo here as they maintain overweight on. Let's ignore AMI. these reiterations. Yeah. So we're going to just do I'm going to take over on the ratings here just for a second because there's some pretty good ones here today. Schwab. Wells Fargo reiteration. I don't care about either. Um, I'm going to jump in and just go to your ratings calendar. Can you show the ratings calendar here, Mitch? Yeah, we'll we could do. In. Let's do a ratings do lesson here today. Morgan Stanley Because I think we all need a ratings lesson. Let's go to the ratings. Let's go and look here. How I would approach this ratings calendar, which Benzinga does a fabulous job putting together. It's very clean. It's easy to read. The biggest one that I see that stands out is Schwab with the downgrade because that's just interesting because Morgan Stanley is making a call here. I don't know if it's a valuation call. I haven't read that note. Other downgrades there, I don't care about Southern Copper, um, You know, smaller company here. I don't see anything really jumping out there. And then I go straight to the upgrade. So when I'm going to the ratings, First thing I'm doing is going the upgrades and the downgrades, not looking at anything reiterates. You know, you, you can have some reiterates that will move, I said, if, they, if they're on smaller companies. But for the most part, it's the upgrades and the downgrades that people are looking at. Juniper upgraded. That's significant because I haven't seen an upgrade from that one for a while. Walmart's always talked about when you see Walmart upgrade, it's going to be significant. And then Philip Morris PM hasn't had an upgrade for a while either. So that's interesting as well. A smaller name, which hasn't, you know, it's only getting upgraded to neutral though. So again, you want to look, is it upgrade to buy or is it upgraded to neutral? Upgrade to neutral doesn't mean as much as if it was upgraded to buy. But SunPower is a stock that has been really beat up. So it's interesting when it gets an upgrade. And I like the candle yesterday, the double bottom on the 12. So this could have a little bit of follow through. If that was upgraded to buy, it would have had more follow through though, but it's only a neutral. And then always look at who's upgrading it. You know, who is the analyst? You've got the big tiers, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, you know, Bank of America, you know, and obviously JP Morgan and all and Wells and all the big guns. And then you've got the mid-tier firms. Um, and then you've got, you know, the little boutique ones. So it all, you know, got to rank them like that too and how much influence they're going to have. And it's about what what is major media going to talk about as well. Because when you give the mention on CNBC and, you know, David Faber and Kramer go through three or four of these every day, which ones are they likely to mention? Well, they're likely to mention, you know, a downgrade of Schwab. They're likely to mention, not that they have to, but they might. And then that makes more people, you know, obviously um, see it. Um, I, I think they're likely to mention a Philip Morris upgrade. We haven't seen one in a while. And Philip Morris is being upgraded by JP Morgan, which is influential as well. So that PM is going to move on this. And it's up a buck fifty, which is a big move for Philip Morris. Now it's a lower beta stock that typically only moves half the market. So a dollar fifty-eight move is substantial for PM. Then you got someone like HC Wainwright that covers, you know, some of the smaller small, stocks. Small yeah, yeah. So you gotta, yeah. you gotta be, you gotta be careful on those. Uh, boy, this, uh, this Walmart one. Whoa, wow, up two twenty-nine. That's a just a that's a monster move for Walmart here. Uh, traded only 233,000 shares. I, I look at this. I look at a daily high here. Of uh, The next daily high is 147.67. But, but that's really an outsized move uh, on, on an upgrade. So I'd be a little – if you're buying this one, you want to see immediately follow through. Maybe you could get to the next whole number, 147. Uh, but that, that that's a big move on only 200, a quarter million shares. So 
I'd be more likely to try and buy this if it came down to the top of uh, yesterday's range. That might be a little bit tough at the 145 area. Uh, but um, what else? What were the, the Schwab's other... probably the most interesting? Yeah, one. that is. Um, yeah. Not downgraded to sell though. So if it was downgraded to sell, it would be very interesting. Downgraded to equal weight, which is a neutral from Morgan Stanley though. It's just interesting because the stock is so beat up. Why are you downgrading it here right now? Kind of feels a little bit like a chase. They've obviously lowered their price target substantially. That in ninety nine, some sixty eight. So maybe they're just trying to get it back down. Like they probably want it off the books that they hey we had a buy on this thing, you know, at the ninety nine dollar price target and it's been killed. So trying to save face to a certain extent here. But this, what's interesting to me is the stock is trading down. 1.25% on it when the regional banks are doing actually pretty well here today. So obviously the downgrade is weighing on the stock. I wonder if it do, if it holds those lows though, if this isn't one that could turn around. So if it could hold the little double bottom we just put in place, 52.97, 53.09, this could be a potential one to potentially buy the dip on. Not investing because I'm still concerned about the whole banking thing, but talking to you traders out there, there is a level of lean on here and it's 53 bucks. And I think on the upside here, uh, you know, we talked about that 60, I believe, at the end of last week, just uh, the powering up at 60, someone just unloading here, or maybe a group of traders unloading. Now it seems like maybe they've targeted this 55 area. It's not as nice looking as the 60, but I'm just looking at the high from yesterday, 55 and a quarter, or 55.24 and 55.30. You're still, you know, a ways off that. You close right near the high of the session. So I'd be looking more at, you know, at, you can look at those support levels, but uh, if you're looking, you know, get a little momentum to the upside, if they shrug this off, I think above 5530 is where it gets, uh, it opens up on the upside. Throwing it back to you here, Mitch. All right, let's go to insider buys on Coles as there you have some insider buys there being mentioned. Let's go ahead. Let's bring this up. Coles stocks are jumping up. Their CEO buys 2.02 million in company shares, buys 92,500 at an average price of 21.82. Um, this is interesting in itself too. I'm still long Coles and the long-term account has been an absolute How do you still dog. keep that dog? Dead, dead wrong. You know why? Because it's gotten to just ridiculous value. I actually feel like adding to it here. I don't think it's going out of business. Mitch, I mean, and sometimes, and I actually did buy it last night on this. I was able to pick some up here on the filing. I've already sold that extra position. I was able to make some pretty good hey. money on it, though. Uh, yeah, but the, the, I can see the day trading action, just more investing in Kohl's is where I'm like, have a question on. And, and, and here, here's my deal with long-term investing is I am not a momentum long-term investor. I am not that person. I am a contrarian at heart when I long-term invest. I look at valuations. I look at different things. Kohl's was a bad buy. I am dead wrong. Dead wrong. I bought this thing at $35. I should have actually sold it back in January when I actually thought of it. Um, and when it was popping up, I was like, man, I should just cut that loser, but I did not. It's trading with an 8.61% dividend. I don't think it's going out of business unless we get more bank failures. If we start going to full banking crisis, Kohl's could be in trouble. I don't think is that's it... going to happen. I think the Fed is there. I think you've gotten to a valuation that's almost ridiculous here now on Kohl's. If you think Kohl's are going out of business, you think it's going the way of Bed Bath & Beyond, that's a different story. Yeah, I, don't I just think see it's it like going a that way. I don't I think it like it's... Well, it could be. And maybe all these retailers do do that eventually. But I just think that you've got on Macy's, on Nordstrom, they have murdered these things. Something fierce. 
something fierce they've murdered. They've murdered yeah. them to the point where they're telling you that these companies are all going out of business and we're going to buy everything online. I think it's overdone at this point in time. So I don't, and, and, and it maybe goes to zero. You know, this is why you diversify your long-term portfolio. Am I all in on Kohl's? I think Kohl's is 0.5% of my long-term portfolio. So it's less than 1%. So it's a pretty small position, probably why I can stomach it a little bit. I bought an original size position. I sold half and when it went to 42 and then I didn't sell the other half and I've just been holding on to it. And it's been a dog and I probably should cut the losers. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't think it's going out of business. So I have a small position in there. It goes to zero. I lose 0.5% of my portfolio. That's going to suck. But I don't think that's happening. I do think eventually Kohl's turns around. I've been down this road with Kohl's before. Kohl's has had some really bad times before. Joel, um, look at the long-term chart on KSS. We have yeah, had multiple I mean, times where the stock has lost 60 70 80%. And those have been buying opportunities for it. So I'm not saying go all in here on Kohl's. Yeah. But I'm saying it's pretty beat up. If you want to take a flyer with a small portion of a speculative bet on Kohl's here, I could see a scenario where Kohl's eventually turns it around and gets back to $35, $40 again. I can see is, that scenario. Is this the same CEO that uh, turned down the 65 bucks a share? <laughs> we won't talk about it, that, Joel. They were uh, trying to get that anymore. And again, let's not say they turned that down. They were trying to actively sell the company. They were fielding offers. They never obviously got that $65 offer yeah. or they would have taken it. So they didn't turn it down. They were fielding the offers. And, you know, shame on me for being, you know, in this for this long. But you know what? When you are a trader or an investor, mm -hmm. you will not make on 100% of your trades. And, yeah, it'd be nice to just say every time something goes down 2%, I stop out on it. But I'll tell you, if you are playing that way in 2022, you're getting stopped out on every – or in 2023 as well. You're getting stopped out on every single one of your trades because it's too much chop. It's very difficult. To just stop yourself out on everything in this market here right now. But you know what? You got to see. Let's take it back to this. You got the CEO buy. You're getting a vote of mm -hmm. confidence here today. The stock's now up five and a half percent. Maybe the sellers just come in, but maybe they give you a shot here to buy 2260, 2270. So I kind of like it if it pulls back here and I would stop myself out on the lows in the move now at 2089 if I had it on for a trade. It's in my long term investment account. It might turn into a zero. I think eventually it may find its way back to $40. Though. Too many coupons, you know, like you go there, they register and then they, you know, it's on uh, sale and then <laughs> they like, Oh, well, here, give me here. They swipe the thing. You get another five bucks off. Uh, it's moving. This stock is a mover. It's kind of like the coin base of the $20 stock. So it can move. I'm looking at this uh, 2375 area. That's not too far away. 40, 50 cents. Uh, and that's was the area of three highs. So, I mean, definitely has the potential, the top of yesterday's range. I don't know if you're going to see that at 2207. Uh, but a break above 24 here, and I think you got, uh, you know, the shorts on the run. And I think that you have a good market uh, today, you know, a good right now, as things speak, a good favorable market. Uh, I just want to turn real quick before we go to the uh, Trade Zero segment. Uh, as we mentioned, we're going to be doing uh, a Q2 preview uh, start on Monday, and we'll be talking more about uh, a lot of people say long term, long term, long term. We talk too short term, so we're going to dedicate two hours on Monday. And uh, Mitch, go ahead and roll that promo. We got got some good guests coming on, and uh, I'm getting them fired up for this. 
Check it out, team. Up in January, down in February, back up in March. Who knows about April, May, and June? Join us on Monday, April 3rd from 10 a.m. to noon as we run our Q2 preview. Angie Setzer talking about inflation. Technicals with Todd Gordon. And I'll be there talking about the chop because that's all we had in the first <laughs> quarter. And the second quarter is going to probably be more chop, chop, chop. But we're also jumping to Gene Munster with his fundamental analysis. Cameron Dawson with her macro views and Blue Putnam, chief economist of the CME. Michael Houston will join us from across the pond to get a European view. And to wrap things up, JC Karatz, he won't sugarcoat anything. Click below to join April 3rd. Mark your calendar, 10 a.m. to noon. Be there. All right, definitely, guys. Did you hear me laugh when you did the chop, yeah, chop, chop? Yeah, when I said the chop, chop, chop. Because I I we, we, we took that take once, and I was like, it was boring. I was like, I got to like make this a little more exciting. And then Joel laughed out loud in the background. He went, chop, 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 Joel, the mic on. I couldn't stop laughing. But, but yeah, right. so that's on Monday. So free event there, just at premarketprep.com. So just, um, yeah, join us 10 to 12. All right. Well, I will let you guys know you can only do it if you hit this link right now and then hit the subscribe button right now. Do it. Do it, team. <laughs> Just do it. Hit that link you guys see on YouTube. Hit the watch later. Hit the bell. Notified. Anything you need to do so you don't miss that event. All right. Definitely. Uh, we Joel wants to see like a thousand of you guys added today. So. Just to let you guys know, Joel's watching you guys out there. Yeah, no. All right, let's get to the action. We'll 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 let that go, and definitely I yeah. threw up the link there so you guys can add the pre market prep channel if you guys haven't done so before. What are you waiting for? All right, let's go ahead. I'm gonna bring up my trade zero. Just give me two seconds here as I get that ready. As I was, I had a pro here on the right hand side, so just gotta swap it over here. Uh, two seconds, but definitely um, anything that's on your radar today, Joel, that you'll be watching before we get you out of here. Yeah, uh, man, oh man. I mean, I'm just uh, I'm a little surprised here that uh, you know we we just didn't even blink at uh, last week's high at seventy three seventy five, and was hoping it would come down there during the number, and it didn't. It's just there's nothing in here. Yeah. Uh, the way things right now, I mean, there's just no resistance. Uh, my top number, I, I'm looking for 4,100. I mean, that's not a that's not a big call by any means, but there's nothing up there until uh, your March 7th high of 4,101.50. Uh, absence of any bad intraday news. It just uh, bulls are in control. I'll just be watching that opening print of the regular session, and obviously that will be uh, a, another number, but just a strong day. Bulls are in total control bulls are in control until the next tape bomb so which you know i don't doesn't appear it's coming anytime soon here so i think there's room still again buying pullbacks here not buying rips so i think you need a little pullback here which we're probably due for a two-day rally seems like we go up two days and then we pull back and then we go down day and then we pull and then we go and then we rally chop 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 let's get into our trade zero stocks to watch today team All right, let's get to the action. And interesting one at the top, one that oh I'm watching today, gosh. the China stocks. China JD, stocks. I was talking about this one. This is killing me, man. Yeah, it's a little frustrating. I've, I will tell you that I, stocks. I was even trying to play it that uh, on on the the day right here uh, about two days ago when it when we were going above the 41s and then we chopped down through that 4060. We covered it yesterday. And then when we recovered it, we came back to like 4096 and then held that pullback. So 
definitely taken off from that 41, but in the pre-market now towards 44.30. So now it's kind of hard to catch the pullbacks. Gosh, what do you yeah. like the levels? Maybe, Joel, I'll, I'll, I'll let you call pullback levels. What do you get? What do you think about that? Oh, this is a tough one. What? Uh, boom, boom. I mean, I don't know if you're going to get, I mean, if you want to be super patient, I mean, 42 bucks was uh, the top of the ranges from the last couple days. I don't know if you're going to get that, uh, but just maybe come use you some shorter term charge to me. Things look pretty wide open here until 44.79. So uh, 42 is the best I can do on that one. As far I, as I royally screwed up both of these. I bought Baba and JD in my long term account, and then I got spooked out because I was like, and I didn't rebuy them. And it's just a big yeah. mistake. I bought JD around 40, and I bought Baba at 81. And I've stopped out on both of them for the simple reason I didn't want to go through that meeting. I talked about this a couple of days ago, and now they're gone. I mean, sometimes you just got to ignore a little bit, like you, know, you can overthink it. And I was worried about that meeting with Xi going over and meeting with Putin. And I've, as soon as nothing materialized, I had to rebuy those Monday morning. I did not. Big mistake by my part. Shame on me. I had my instincts told me to buy these stocks, and I fought my instincts, and I actually would have caught the turn on both of them. I think yeah. JD can go a lot higher. It happens to me, uh, uh, something that I'm really working on as of late, especially is getting out of a trade and then getting back into the Hard trade, to do. which is yeah. very difficult. Mm -hmm. Once you get that stop to get back, even if it's the same thesis, nothing has happened. Yeah. Like in Dennis' case, it's hard to get back. I've been working on that skill and trying to make it more of a strength than a weakness. Of course, it's not as easy as just talking about it. Let's go to what about gold today? GDX it's just continued here. Um, what do you think, uh, Joel? Uh, I mean, I'm just waiting for the shoe to drop on this. You know, I mean, this is, you know, this how many times? One, have you, yeah. Well, um, I'm, I'm just, I, I do this. I, I'm looking at the gold futures. I think that's, mm -hmm. you know, pretty much what moves it. And, uh, you know, you, you've built a wall here on the dailies here at 1994, 1992 to 1994. That's, uh, you know, that's three highs in a row. You're in the 1987, 1988. So, <sighs> I don't know. I got Just one, Joel. Can you look at it for me? NEM. New bond. I used to trade that a lot. I, trade, I like the I trade daily levels. Yeah, the daily levels to... set up here. What do you think about that? This is a bitch. I can see you liking this chart. And uh, it's, <laughs> it, it is. It's a, it's a potential breakout here. Wow. Really hasn't performed like the bullion has. But, uh, you know, 48.80, you know, you're opening it up in the next two days highs. You get You get above that. I, I don't give as much significance to this 49.22 because you have two highs in this area, but uh, looks looks good on the upside. Uh, yeah. See if you can hold yet, open through yesterday's highs and hold. And if gold could just hang in there, uh, could easily get back. It, it's holding move. up fairly well, considering that the market has started to find, you know, and, and this is negatively correlated with the overall market here. So when you're betting on Newman, you're betting on gold, you're betting on more bank troubles. And yeah, that has not materialized. So it's actually a good sign that, you know, the stock Newmont and a sign that JLD, you know, really has held up fairly well here too. Um, again, I, I still think there's more trouble ahead. So I actually wouldn't mind these on pullbacks here. But uh, if, we, if we still go into this complacency here where for the next couple of weeks where we don't hear anything more, gold could actually start leaking. Okay, One all right, guys, I'm going to hop out, let you guys finish up the segment. Uh, Triple D, I'll check in with you later on. Everyone, go get them.
Man, that was a quick one there. Uh, L- L- <laughs> ASML is getting a, a lift today. I saw yesterday um, L- uh, LAM research really kind of pushing LRCX. Huge move about- yesterday for LAM. Yeah, that was off Micron. That? that was off Micron. Mm-hmm. So you had Micron just rip roaring rallying on a crappy report, and then they were buying all the chips yesterday. And LRCX really was getting uh, a lift here as well. Um, I think there might have been some individual news with that too, but definitely Micron kickstarting it there. Yeah. Um, Flavitera's had a good day. Uh, again, this is a tough market for the bears here in the last week because we're seeing stocks get bought on bad news. We're seeing climb the wall of worry. We're not hearing anything much about the banks right now. It's kind of a worst case scenario for the bears right now. So, and I've been in the bear camp, so it's not a great scenario here right now. Complacency, quietness, bulls are in control. One stock that I, I've seen it on the bottom, we were talking about it because another trader kind of mentioned it. He was looking for a reversal. It was extremely oversold. AAP, Advanced Auto Parts, had just been hanging down there at the lows, now starting to turn around. This thing was so low on the RSI. It was in an all-time low at the RSI. Not many times did this go to underneath 10. It was like at like a 5 RSI. Now starting to turn around. Do you think that this could move a little bit? What do you think, Dennis? Worst I never of breed. AAP worst, worst of breed. breed. Yeah, yeah, you got definitely. the three. You got O'Reilly. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, O'Reilly, which is right near O'Reilly. AutoZone, which isn't too far from the highs. And then you have a completely different story happening here in advanced mm-hmm. auto parts. It makes me worry that this is like the right aid of the big three, you know, in the, in the drugs. And again, I, I, I don't go into these stores. I'm not in America, so I can't tell you, you know, from a fundamental standpoint. But from a technical It's the same store, Dennis. It's, it's weird to me because it's the they same They all feel store. like the same stores, right? Literally, literally, you could just change the colors, here, change the stickers. Here's it's the, the problem. So we had CVS, Walgreens, and Rite Aid like 15 years ago. They're all still mm-hmm. there, but Rite Aid has reorged, went, you know, like belly yeah. up there for a bit. You know, really it became the big two. I'm Could be worried management, about right? AAP that you have O'Reilly and you have AutoZone and then you have Advanced Auto Parts. Maybe there's not, you know, room for three. You know, maybe three can't tango here. So yeah. if that's the problem, maybe AAP is the odd one out. I don't like the performance. This is down 50% over the last year, and the other two are holding up. It's telling me the other two got an edge on this one. I don't want to buy worst of breed here. Agree. Let's do one last one here. SHW, Sherwin-Williams, not one we talk about often. Is this the type of stock that could get a move? It really hasn't left the station too much. Just got to move. Isn't this interesting too that, you know, you've got the home builders trading near all-time highs or a lot of them actually approaching all-time highs. DHI, Lennar, not too far away. And then you have the paint company, Sherwin-Williams, which has absolutely been assassinated. It's like the tale of two different stories here. And paint has gone nuts. I mean, it used to be, you know, the the cost (laughs) of paint has just went through the roof. So maybe people are just like, I'm not paying that wall. I mean, this is just too much money. Maybe that's what's happening here. The cost of paint is just like a gallon of paint. I know it used to be in Canada, like 20, 30 bucks. Now you're talking 50, $60 for decent paint here, a gallon. Like what's going on? I mean, yeah. it's just gone crazy. So I know because I just went through a house and I was painting this thing and I was like, holy crap, did it cost me a lot of money to have the house painted, obviously. So I, I think... You know, maybe it's just the cost of the chemicals that are going in there, just so much money. But man, the stock has not performed well. It's very interesting that there's a separation between the home builders and SHW, which I would often pair trade with. So something else happening in Sherwin Williams. 
All right. We'll see what about what PPG too? Let's talk the other paint company because this yeah. one's held up better. It's always interesting to look. No, but not, but again, it's down from the highs here too. 180 to 128. Maybe it was a COVID bubble, Mitch. Just trying to outthink, you know, what the market. Yeah, people at home were just like buying their homes. Paint. Everybody painted their homes. They don't need to paint their homes now. They don't <laughs> paint it. I'm getting outside. I'm doing stuff. I'm traveling. I'm going to Disney World. Yeah, I, I airplane, think right now, Dennis, it, what what could be exactly that is if I gave you the option of going on a trip or painting your house. Yeah. You're probably like, no, the paint's too expensive. I'd rather go on the trip. Yeah. I think so too. That, that could be it too. And then right also now. recession concerns, right? If we do go into recession by any means, I mean, then I don't think anybody's going to be painting their house as much. So just to keep that in mind, last little mention, a solar name, SEDG, ENPH showing up here. They've started to reverse. Energy started to get strong. And I can tell you guys, cause I gave up some of my gains there, uh, but definitely oil has been starting to come back a little yeah. bit. I think this market move up, also kind of helping it a little it bit but what do you think about uh solar names energy names overall dennis look at this enph chart mitch the mm -hmm. quadruple bottom here you don't <laughs> yeah, have to man. see that One, someone doesn't want it through 192 no, that's know. for sure 192 four days ago 191 <laughs> 191 and 191 i mean they're all right there 190 and 191 yeah. so quad bottom there so somebody, you can see where the support is very well defined. Now you're blasting off here. So you find those triple bottoms, quadruple bottoms, and they're holding. Those are good levels. Now it's up, you know, 15 bucks from there. So I'd want a little pullback to get in here. But I kind of like the solar names. Yeah, we'll see if it can get moving. It's interesting. It did get a nice little move up. I'd be looking for some pullbacks probably into yesterday's range around kind of like the 205 range because this is a little bit too far of a run in the pre-market but if we could pull back to kind of yesterday's kind of high towards that around sure. the 205 204 doesn't look bad right and i'll tell you one that i'm never ever ever trading again boil because cold just wants to keep going that natural gas trade man you, you remember everybody talking about natural gas was going to go through the moon well i don't know about you guys but uh, this thing looks cheaper than air right now. Boiled down to three dollars and forty-five cents when this thing was at a high at one forty. One forty, Dennis. Now to three dollars. That's that's a hell of a move there for natural gas. All right, it's that's been, gonna do been, it. Yeah, it's yeah, that's gonna do it for our segment at least for trades. This there, keeps like leaking. Yeah, it, it's an incredible. And leak. now you're like, in the seasonality where who the hell is using natural gas in the summer? Yeah, exactly. So if you if you didn't get it in winter, when will it come, right? Yeah, seasonality's not in the favor here either now. I mean, and and you know, if for anything would it get better in that war situation, you know that uh, at least natural gas would probably see a lift there because a lot of supplies would come on the market. So you would see, of course, everybody probably running away from that trade. We'll see what happens there. Last comments for the day, Dennis, what you got for me? Um, just sitting here looking, you know, it's going to be an interesting market here today. We've run a little bit too far. So if you're full on bullish, I think buying today is a mistake. I think you need to get a pullback here now. So it's okay to be bullish. Okay. To be bearish. It's not okay to chase. I think in this environment, we hit 393, two days ago, we're up a hundred handles in two days. This has not been the market to chase in. So I don't want to chase here anything today, even though the bulls are in mm -hmm. control, it doesn't give you, uh, it doesn't give you the recipe to chase and make money. So I think you need a pullback here now. We're up too much too fast. Let's get a pullback back to 400, and then you can think about it. 
All right, we'll see what happens. Like always, go do what you do best, my friend. Get to Damn your it. trading action. Dennis is out of here. You guys, we're going to be wrapping up pre-market prep. And I do have some bad news, at least. We don't have live trading today, team. So I just want to let you guys know we are going to be having a quarterly meeting here at Benzinga. That means I got to take part, like always. So I will see you guys over, of course, tomorrow, team. You guys smash the like. That's going to do it for us today. Um, like always, we'll we'll try to come back a little later if we can. But we'll see you guys tomorrow. Keep trading out there. Be safe. And like always, if you guys want to talk about some trading, you guys can reach out to me, DM me, hit me up on Twitter. I will be still probably doing some trading action here. Um, shh, don't tell the meeting. But like always, we're going to keep doing some trading. You guys know me. I can't help myself, but we'll see what I get into. Like always, you guys can keep up with me on my Twitter at MoneyMitchBZ. Give me a follow. You guys will see what I'm looking at. And I'll make sure today to put out a little bit more posting than I normally do. Maybe a little quick little video of where I see the sectors rotating to, what is strong, what is not. You guys keep up with me. I'll see you guys a little bit later. Hope you guys enjoyed the action. Smash the like. No swing trading either, at least for right now. Uh, Carmen. So I, I don't feel that I will have the time for the, the three to four show. So if anything, hey, it's MLB opening day. I hope that you guys are baseball fans out there going to be enjoying a little bit of some baseball action. And I will let you guys know, I, this is not, you know, not that I got sponsored or anything, but T-Mobile giving that free MLB TV right now. If you're a T-Mobile user, go ahead and get your free MLB TV before you cannot get the, the free kind of season. So hope you guys enjoy that. I'll see you guys over. And like always, guys, we, we keep building. I know that uh, there's a lot of new traders out there trying to learn technicals. If you want to learn technicals, check out Japanese candlestick charting technique. We're going to get into deeper, deeper into this book. This is the book you guys want to check out, especially if you're trying to learn on candles, right? You, you want to learn about the hammer candles. You want to learn about how to read these charts. Well, check out Japanese candlestick charting technique. We'll be talking about it on our book club, of course, where we keep growing and we grow every single day more members. So want to push and push trying to get there to 500 members, hopefully by the end of the week. So you guys hit that form like it hit the like down below i'll see you guys a little bit later and always stay safe out there team it's a tough market i will say that indeed there's very rare times where i don't feel like i'm perfectly in tune don't feel it right now but watching the market like always and try to stay nimble try to stay flexible out there